Hi, and welcome to the Metropolitan Community Church of Tampa podcast. I'm Reverend Jacob Hero Shaw, Senior Pastor of MCC Tampa. In this podcast, you'll hear the readings and sermon from this week's service. If you'd like to view the entire service, please visit our YouTube channel. The link to that can be found in the program notes. Thanks. Good morning. My name is Charles Clay, and today's first scripture reading is from the book of Genesis. The same night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise, everything that he had. Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and man and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his Good morning. My name is Nadine Lima, and today's second scripture reading is from the Gospel of Matthew. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said to them, bring them to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to the heavens and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds and all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children.
Will you join me in prayer, please? God, who calls us, who struggles alongside us, who strengthens us, we thank you, God, for your presence with us today and always. Amen. In the stories that we heard this morning, we hear two themes of people needing to withdraw, people needing to have a little bit of an introvert moment, and in both these uh, moments get thwarted. So first, let's talk about Jacob. Now, Jacob and his family are traveling back home, and he is a little bit fearful. So Jacob is a complicated character in the Bible, and he has done wrong by his brother Esau. And he is dreading, it's many years later, but he is dreading this reconnection. He is dreading what is to come. You know that feeling when you have a deep dread for something? That's the space that he was in. And he sent his family ahead. And he, had, he was alone for a little while, and it was nightfall. And perhaps he needed some time to contemplate what was to come. He needed some time to prepare. But did Jacob get the solitude that he craves? No. The text tells us that suddenly he was wrestling with someone. And the text kind of gives multiple possibilities that this was a man, that this was an angel, that this was in fact God. And Jacob wrestles. And we don't know and we're not actually meant to know exactly who it was that Jacob was wrestling with. What we know is that Jacob was struggling. He was struggling internally before the wrestling started. We know that he struggled physically through the night. He was enmeshed in an actual physical battle. And this struggle would change him forever. This unexpected struggle that he did not see coming was going to suddenly change everything for Jacob. It would reframe his identity. It would change his body. He would leave that place with a new name and a new identity. Something he did not see coming completely consumed him. And he was transformed. He had previously been known as the trickster. Transformed into the one who struggled with God and humans and prevailed. He was renamed and blessed. I think in this season of our lives, it is important to remember that Jacob really didn't see it coming. How many times have we thought, I didn't see that coming. Months ago, we could not have imagined what our lives would be like now. And I love to think about this story, about how Jacob wrestled through the night and came out permanently changed. He would walk with a limp forever, having been wounded in the battle. And I think of the scars on my own body, and, and I encourage you to think of the scars that, that show where you have been. The times that your body has been stretched and wounded and changed. 
Our bodies in this season of our lives are changing. We are struggling, and our lives have changed. And sometimes our struggles aren't so easily defined. For Jacob, it was obvious. He was wrestling. And afterwards, it was obvious because as he walked, he walked with a limp. These are physical things. And sometimes we're lucky when we have something physical that shows the pain that we are feeling. Because we can point to it. And we can say, see, look at this. This is real. What I am feeling is real and the evidence is on my body. In these situations, there's no minimizing. There's no doubting. In this story, the angel of God looks at Jacob and affirms for him, you will never be the same. You survived. You are changed. You are renamed. Your name is Israel, and you have survived. Beloveds, We are living in a struggle. Just the very fact that you are watching this on a screen and you are not here in this space is evidence of the struggle that we are living in. You are surviving this. And you are going to be changed by it. This is a reality of where we are in our lives. Please take it seriously. Please honor the difficult feelings that you are having in this time. And there are moments of joy and beauty that we can find, and there are moments where this truly feels unbearable. And I hear people dismissing how they feel or saying that it could be so much worse, not taking themselves seriously. If I had a dollar for every time I heard someone try to minimize how they were feeling, then we could take that money and Reverend Craig and I could pay off all of our student loan debt from seminary. We need to take seriously where we are. We need to take seriously this journey that we are enduring together and the battles that we fight with ourselves, with our grief, Take seriously the fear that we feel day in and day out. And know that just like Jacob wrestling, we are changed by it. We take it seriously because we know that it is shaping us. And who will we be on the other side of this? And there is another side. There is a a future beyond this time. Who will we be after this? We will be changed. Having experienced grief and loss, loss of lives, loss of community, loss of identity. We know what it is like to struggle. We wear it on our bodies. And just think that just like Israel going forward, knowing that he was changed, we one day will be able to say, look what we did, look what we handled, look how we came out on the other side of this. And of course, the second story of a person who needed a little bit of time, 
a little bit of respite, is Jesus. Now this gospel message that you heard this morning started with the phrase, when Jesus heard this, what was it that Jesus had heard? What was it that preceded this story? He had heard about the gruesome and awful death of John the Baptist. His friend, his cousin, his beloved companion in, in the work of serving God, the person who baptized him. He learned of his death, and when he heard this, he took off. He took off. He went and he got in a boat and he left. He just needed a moment of solitude. In this passage, we are reminded that Jesus had feelings. We are reminded that Jesus had a heart that could be broken and was, in fact, broken. Jesus got terrible news. And he took off. And the crowd also got the news. And they followed on foot. They ended up at the shore, and he's out there, and he can see them, and he comes back. He had compassion for them, the text tells us. He spoke to them. He cured them. What was Jesus feeling in that time? Had he had enough time to himself? Had he processed what he was feeling? Or, like so many of us who are learning how to live our lives in the midst of struggle, in the midst of grief, did Jesus just keep going? It was getting dark, and the disciples said to Jesus, you need to send them away into the, the villages so that they can go and get some food. And Jesus responded with, you give them something to eat. I love that. I love that thought. Like, I picture Jesus being, like, a little bit tired, and he had really tried to go get some time to himself, and then comes back in, and he's doing, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's doing God's work. He's curing people. He's teaching. He's bringing them hope. And then he's got to think about food, and he's just like, you, you deal with that. You give them something to eat. It wasn't, oh, okay, let me feed them really quickly to make sure that they get food. It was, you give them something to eat. And the disciples, of course, said, well, all, all we have are these loaves of bread and these two fish, and that's not enough. And the text tells us that he blessed this, and he broke the bread, and there was more than enough. And all ate and were filled. 5,000, we hear this as the story of feeding the 5,000, but what we know is that that was 5,000 men, plus women, plus children, many, many more than 5,000 people. And how were they fed? He blessed the bread. He blessed the fish, and suddenly there was a lot. There was enough, and there was surplus beyond what was needed, but how? There are two options. One, it could be 
that the laws of physics do not apply to Jesus. That's a possibility. And the other option is that people shared. That people actually had enough food, and some people had more, some people didn't have any. But once Jesus blessed this food, it ensured everyone that there was enough. In fact, there wasn't just enough, there was an abundance, and everyone could get their fill of food. It doesn't really matter, because it was a miracle either way. The miracle that Jesus created more food out of just a small amount of food, actually created the food by blessing it, or the miracle that in the blessing, people realized that there was enough. People realized that what they had could be shared, and they would still have enough. The miracle is not about where the food came from. The miracle is in the shift from scarcity to abundance. Like the shift that Jacob experienced from struggle to healing, this shift from scarcity to abundance shapes the followers of Christ. The miracle is shifting from this place of fear, this place of not having enough, this place in which I keep what's mine and I can't share with someone else lest I starve. That is all wiped away and suddenly caring for one another, trusting that other people's needs and our own needs can matter at the same time. This is the miracle. And it's important to note that at the end of the story, a little bit after the part that we heard, that Jesus does return to having some solitude. Because this is important. What we're learning in these texts is important. We must, all of us, you and I, every one of us, take care of ourselves and take care of each other. It is a balance and it is hard to figure out. He was able to do what he needed to do because he knew that the chance for solitude was coming. He was not trapped in this idea of scarcity and saying, I'm never going to get a break and I can't handle this. He knew that the abundance was there. Because God operates in abundance. Human beings struggle with scarcity, but God's abundance is always there. In this season of our lives, can we trust that there is enough? Can we trust that we have enough? I know that that is a hard place to be when everything feels so uncertain. None of this is ideal. I don't like it. I know that you don't like it. Everything is so much harder right now than, than we think it needs to be. We are struggling, and it feels like there's no end in sight. We certainly thought months ago that we would be back to normal by now, and now we are wondering, what does normal look like? 
I think about Jacob wrestling through the night and how long that night must have been. Don't you think that at some point he grew weary and thought that this night would never end? That dawn would never break? Don't you think that Jacob was scared at some point in that long night of struggle that he would not survive this? Have you wondered if you will survive this? I have wondered if I will survive this. Just the very wondering of that is traumatic in our bodies down to our souls. And it is hard. It is so hard, my friends, to understand God's abundance when we are living in fear. And this isn't to say, don't be afraid, go out without your mask, trust in God. No, trust in God and wear a mask. God has given us the ability to learn. God has given us compassion for each other. God has given us the responsibility to care for each other by wearing masks, by keeping our distance, by washing our hands and all of these things. Don't forget that we are wrestling. Don't forget that you are struggling. Don't forget that it is okay to be tired and weary, that even Jesus needed a break. And that's okay. What you are feeling is okay. It is beautiful what you are feeling. Morning came, and Jacob was changed. He was dirty, he was wounded, and he was blessed. God is a God of abundance. And here we are, getting dirty, getting wounded. I'm asking you to just trust that dawn is coming. Trust that we will be blessed. Trust that the abundance that we have known in this space the space that we have known as full of people. We will have that abundance again. I pray for you. I love you. We have each other. We have enough. There's enough love. There's enough compassion. There is enough community to go around. And we can make it through this. Let's look forward to that dawn when we will come back together and we will be changed. We will be new and whole and filled with God's abundant love. Amen. Family, as you go into your week, trust in God's abundance. Trust in your community. Feel that love that will carry you through. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed the Metropolitan Community Church of Tampa podcast. If you'd like to view our entire service, please visit our YouTube channel. Today's program was edited, directed, and produced by my wonderful husband, Alan Hiroshima.